Hi folks and thanks for listening to this Tortoise Shack podcast. This conversation we had about a week ago with uh, human rights and immigration lawyer Wendy Lyon about the inaccurate reporting that is taking place in regards to our immigration and asylum system. It's a really important listen and I'm grateful to Wendy for giving us her time. I do need to ask you for your support. I really do. It's tough out there and it's very tough in here. We are finding it very, very hard right now to keep this show on the road. While our listenership is up month on month, we are seeing a drop, uh, understandably a drop in people who are supporting us. So if you're one of the people who is listening and there's thousands of you and you have a couple of quid, it's it's one less point a month and you can keep the show on the road, the mics on, the conversations happening. It makes all the difference to us and we really appreciate every cent we get. Please do consider clicking the link. It's in the podcast that you're listening to right now. And for that, there is lots of additional content, including access to the podcast as quickly as I can turn them around. Right now, there's a podcast with Konstantin Gordiev on the U.S. midterms, which was not where we thought we would go, but there we went, as he's now based in Denver. So much more on the global economy and the fact that central banks are looking at everything into their toolbox and seeing that all they have is a hammer, so we all look like nails. And lots more, including their entire back catalogue, one feed, and you don't have to listen to these. It's completely plea-free. The podcasts come out and you just get them as I do them. Thank you so much for all the support. Thanks for listening. Thanks for sharing. But please do, if you can, just while you're listening to the pod, have a look around on patreon.com forward slash tortoise and see if you are willing to chip in and help keep these mics on. I won't delay any further. Enjoy the podcast. Hello and welcome to the Echo Chamber podcast. My name is Tony Groves and folks, we are spoiling you. We are absolutely spoiling you rotten because here he is now two days in a row, semi-conscious and uh, still it, still of this world. Martin, how are you? Not too bad. Not too bad. The brain is now beginning to recover. Three weeks weeks of, of hyper hyper focus and now it's beginning to recover i'm got i i've i you know my back has been thrown out for years from carrying you but now, <laughs> but now my but now my now my knees are at me as well um no listen uh we are delighted to be rejoined on the podcast for the third time i think by irish immigration and human rights lawyer wendy lyon wendy thank you so much for talking to me how are you keeping i'm all right Thanks it's again good. for having me on. No, it's great to see you. And um, and I always appreciate you giving us the time. Uh, and I suppose if I want to be, we have to tell, tell the genesis of why we're having this conversation today. Because, and I, and I think it was um, Graham Clifford pointed out as well as yourself yesterday in social media, that there was an article in the Irish Examiner that uh, I'm going to just read some of the headline piece. And it's a tougher checks, more deportations, tented accommodation during the winter for Ukrainians are among the measures the government will, will approve to better control the influx of migrants into Ireland. That report by Daniel McConnell um, was factually incorrect in some of the things that it said. You pointed it out, Graham pointed it out. I probably less diplomatically pointed it out. <laughs> um, but but Wendy, would you would you mind giving us a, a kind of overall why you felt that you did want to come out and say straight off the bat that no, this is not correct uh, and it shouldn't actually be, you know, it shouldn't be presented as such in a national newspaper? Well, I think the the first thing and sort of the the overarching concern that I had with it is that it presented people seeking international protection as if there is some way to just stop them at the airport and turn them around, you know, just to make a a, a summary decision that they're not genuine asylum seekers and that they can just be turned around and 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 sent back on the plane that they came from. Um, and that's simply not true. Um, under the International Protection Act, under international refugee law under EU refugee law, 
anybody who wants to make an application for international protection has to be allowed to do so. It's simply, you know, there, there, is, there isn't any discretion on that. And you're not allowed to simply say, well, I think you are from, you know, the, a safe country, so I'm not going to let you in. You don't have the proper documentation, so I'm not going to let you in. Um, there was also a suggestion that, um, you know, you have to be from a war-torn country, which is entirely incorrect. And the thing that bothers me about all this is this is part of a pattern. We've seen it over the past couple of years, and it's not just in the examiner, uh, where what is obviously happening is that anonymous briefings are being given by, I don't know if it's the Gardaí, Department of Justice, maybe both. Anonymous briefings are being given to journalists. The journalists are simply taking them and running with them, not consulting with any lawyers, not consulting with any refugees. And simply repeating them as if they were correct. And this feeds into, you know, popular lack of understanding of what the law is, perceptions that things um, aren't being done that can be done, and a tolerance of illegal activities being done, such as, you know, what we were seeing recently where the guards were actually boarding airplanes as they landed in Dublin Airport. And, you know, apparently... Yeah, Presumably, from from what it said, you know, basically picking people off and saying, "No, you're going back," you know, without giving them the opportunity to apply for international protection. That's completely illegal. And yet, with these stories, when there's a failure to fact check or law check them, um, it, it sets up a situation where people think, "Well, this is fine, and why aren't we doing more of it?" Just, I find that staggering, though, because we we had roman shorthall on the on the sunday show uh, mm. just recently and roman was one of the people who brought to the attention the racial profile that yeah. profiling that was going on during the pandemic and and people you know they they were picked they were going to the airport and they were saying let's let's find the roma people essentially yeah. was what, what was what we were called but we have these people should have protections under international law and we have obligations to live up to mm-hmm. so so can i i know this sounds really cheesy but like can you give me some of the things that ireland should actually, like factually, has to do when someone is, is sitting on that plane? What do we have to do? Well, first of all, I mean, there's obviously there's immigration checks at the airport and there's, you know, there's nothing illegal about having immigration checks. There's nothing illegal about asking people who are not Irish or British nationals to present their passport. However, if somebody says, I don't have a passport, I want to apply for international protection, you know, that's it. You you don't, you can't put, send them back. You have to allow them to enter to make that application. Once they've made that application, they have to be given a certain level of, of support. They have to be given accommodation. They have to be given medical care, uh, you know, education if they're children, some level of social support. These are all things that are required under the reception conditions directive, which Ireland signed up to, which, you know, which comes from EU law. Ultimately, it comes from the Refugee Convention, which is, you know, international international law, which is, you know, has been in place for decades. Wendy, when when they get on a plane and they turn somebody around and turn them back, are they essentially breaking the rules doing yeah. that? That is breaking the rules doing that. Yeah, it's illegal. What can be done to stop them doing that? Or is that that's at a government level? How do you stop a government from doing that? Well, I mean, that, this is the difficult thing because obviously it occurs in circumstance, you know, to the extent that it occurs. And of course, we're, we're not entirely sure how often it does occur. Um, but it, it's, you know, it, it happens in a place where who's going to be there to, to stop it? 
you know, um, a lot of people themselves, a lot of these people who are trying to apply for international protection, they don't know the law themselves. They don't know what their rights are. And there's no legal aid available for this kind of thing either if you're at the airport and you're turned away. So, you know, even if you were able to get in a situation where you could assert your rights and say, no, you know, I, I want to make this application and I'm entitled to make this application. If you ask for a lawyer, you're not necessarily going to get one. You're probably going to have to pay for one. If I can broaden that even to when, like, because we know this happened when people tried to leave Ukraine when the when the invasion started, that there was people stopped, and if they weren't Ukrainian, they were treated differently as yeah. well, and there was no legal representation to help people at the borders to make the transitions. You had people who were born in Ireland, but because of the Michael McDowell racist referendum, where mm-hmm. were finding it very difficult to return to Ireland and weren't being helped, and we had we you know you ended up having to. People within Poland who maybe had human rights lawyers trying to help some of these people, but the, but we've seen people have been told no. You now have to go to Nigeria, for example, even though yeah. you're you've never actually sat foot step <laughs> foot in Nigeria. We're sending yeah, you yeah, to Nigeria. Yeah. We crazy situations like that. I want to go back to the to, to the to the idea though of war torn. Yeah, people can seek. Uh, Refuge for all sorts of reasons. It doesn't yeah. have to be just that you came from a war-torn country. And we see it now. Uh, and the, I suppose the simple thing we could say to listeners, and, and I'd like you to elaborate on it, is if, if a young woman who was protesting in Iran, taking off her hijab, showed up mm-hmm. at the airport, surely to God we're obliged to try and give her some some protection, no? Yeah, well, the, the Refugee Convention, um, under the Refugee Convention, you're entitled to refugee status if you are... Um, outside of your country of origin, and you you fear persecution on the basis of race, religion, nationality, political opinion, or membership of a particular social group. And membership of a particular social group could include, you know, women in in you know, depending on the country and the and the circumstances in that country. It says nothing whatsoever about being in a war torn country. So that's that's complete. Now, you know, obviously in war torn countries, you may have more of some of this, but it, there's absolutely no requirement that the country itself be war torn. And I think some of the things that they were talking about in, you know, like in the, this article, they're referring to say people coming from Georgia. You know, <laughs> that's been that's been a particularly big, loud dog whistle for about a, for about six, yeah. seven weeks. It's been getting louder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, they said people coming from Georgia um, and claiming to be from a war torn country. Now, I've had a lot of Georgian clients, um, you know, refugee clients. I've never had one of them claim that they were from a war torn country. That's not what they're claiming. You know, generally speaking, you know, they could be claiming that they had disagreements with, you know, with the political parties. This, you know, this would have been more of an issue about 10 years ago or so. Um, nowadays, an awful lot of you get LGBT Georgians. And it's, you know, it's fairly clear if you look at what's been happening over there that it is quite risky to be an LGBT person in Georgia and that you cannot get protection of the state there, you know. So that's, and that is ground for refugee status. We we have a friend Tony who's a refugee from a, a, a very from, prominent a very prominent uh, uh, outspoken refugee uh, from, from Kenya. You know, no, not that, from Kenya. But, but, oh, and sorry, yes, yes, and that's yeah. not a war torn country, and yeah. it's not a war torn. But she genuinely has reasons for being here. You yeah. know, in yeah. that she yeah. can't be there, cannot be there. Yeah. So you know, we see it in real life, and we also see. I mean, we our, our friend came over here and became a barrister so you know people <laughs> add to the community so what yeah. I, 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 I fail to see what the problem is I think we're the fifth richest country in the world 
And this Ireland's full thing really annoys me awfully, awfully annoys me. It's not Ireland's full. We have a shortage of housing. We've had a shortage of housing forever. Yeah. Yeah. Shortage of we have a shortage of the well the misuse of of the available resources currently. Yeah, yeah, so can, yeah. So I mean, okay, that makes people feel that there's pressure on a housing market, but that's not the fault of the people who are fleeing situations worse than here. That's yeah. not their yeah. fault. When and I, I mean, sorry, go ahead, yeah. No, I mean, you know, the other thing is that the, this is has been flagged for a long time. Okay, not obviously not Ukraine itself. But, you know, everybody who pays attention to what is going on in the world has been warning for a long time that, you know, with with climate change, with the increase in food insecurity, the, you know, the chronic instability in places like Somalia and Libya, you know, the numbers are only going to increase, you know, and, and we have to prepare for them. And we've never done that. We've never done it properly to prepare for, you know, for any of these things that are happening. And it just so happens now that, you know, I, th- I suppose Ukraine was sort of a tipping point. Um, but these these are things that we should have been prepared for a long, long time ago. And we're going to need to start preparing for them now because it's not going to change. No, no. And, no, and, and I, the idea that you can securitize your way out of this crisis is, is simply... There are a billion people who are going to be on the move because of climate action yeah. or because of climate change. Now, if us sitting here in Ireland, five million of us think... We have any notion that we're going to stop a billion people on the move across the planet by putting up rules, walls and borders. It's just not going to work. It's simply not going to work. Can I just I want to come to another thing that happened yesterday in the same newspaper. So that's why I I want to point out and I'm sure it was covered in, in multiple newspapers. But the Taoiseach then made a speech about saying, well, gave a comment saying that he was worried that the far right were going to weaponize the 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 migrant issue. And I I particularly took offense to this because mm-hmm. it was their own policies that have yeah. been playing into that. How did you feel when you when you saw that that cognitive dissonance? Oh, was- yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, somebody tweeted and I can't remember who it was. Um, somebody tweeted like, you know, you keep making the snowballs and they're going to keep throwing them. Yes, I <laughs> saw that. And I, and I can't I will, yeah. we'll credit them later. But I did. I, I, it might have been Jurassic Arts. Um, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I don't know. It's a Jurassic Arts type of comment, and if, if, I, if I if I if I'm wrong about that, then I do apologize to whoever I'm. I'm I, let's we never apologize to Meath Man anyway. That's for sure. <laughs> um, but no, it was it is it's it's crazy because I want to point out something factually that mm-hmm. has has changed in the last few years. I monitored the housing and homelessness statistics, as people know, and one of the things that really pissed me off over the last few months was they decided. So they'd print the monthly stats and they'd say, this is the amount of homeless people in the country. These are the, the areas. These are the families. These are the children. These are the, this. And they break it down by region. Now what they do is they say, here's the number, the overall number. Here's the number of adults. And then they skip all of those other things and they throw in. And these are the number of non-Irish residents. Yeah. And yeah. they go straight yeah. to that de- dog whistle immediately, mm-hmm. immediately, Wendy. That is a government from, in. I'm saying this, but that's a government ch- change of policy that sends a message if you're reading yeah. that you go well it says ten and a half thousand but look at if you, if you subtract all of these people who are clogging it up it's, it's a really bad message to send yeah 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 and i mean it's all part of it i think a kind of a long-term strategy and uh, you know they're there's there i think they're definitely trying to soften up um there's a well there's there's a unfortunately i think there is going to be an audience for it yeah, 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 there is. And I mean, the other thing to, to bear in mind is that, you know, because a lot of these 
obligations that we have come from EU law. Um, they are, well, I mean, I, I don't want to say that they're not going to bring in, bring in laws that contradict EU law because they do all the time. Um, you know, but they're obviously limited in what they can do because of EU law. But I mean, I like, this is, this is definitely something that is, you know, it's not going to stop in Ireland. Well, well, well the EU has hardly covered itself in glory no, over the, no, over the no, last, no, I mean, no, like, no. We see what's happening in Fortress Europe. Sorry, Martin, yeah. go ahead. I, well, another thing, too, is people's misconceptions. You can be from anywhere in Europe and come legally to Ireland. Mm. You're not a refugee and you're not a migrant. You are legally traveling. So when they talk about, oh, deport these people back to that. No, they, they have as much right to be in your country as you have to be yeah. in their country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and uh, like I, I saw somebody putting clips up recently and saying these people should all be exposed. These people have absolute right to be here, absolute right to be here and calling for people from EU countries to be mm -hmm. deported. Yeah. I mean, it's just nonsense. I mean, that's not even legally possible. <laughs> I know. Yeah, it's complete nonsense. But people have a perception yeah. that this can be done. Yeah, yeah. Can, can we just it's a slight tangent but it's it's all of a piece well I think one of the first times we spoke Wendy it was regarding the, the bottlenecks in direct provision people struggling mm -hmm. to get processed through our, our immigration system and how people were really finding it difficult they came out with this white paper we're going to abolish direct provision you're going to go work towards this and we're going to you know it, people integrate families into the communities we're going to integrate different different people into the communities and now all of that's gone 180 and we have a suggestion that we can charge people rent who are in direct provision and i don't think legally they can call it rent because you're under so so maybe explain a little bit about yeah, that to me yeah. if, you, if you don't mind well well i mean they're required to provide housing to anybody who is still an applicant which means anybody who is still who still has an outstanding application within the system um, and they, they certainly cannot charge them rent there is there is an issue with people who have been granted their permission um, who are still in direct provision because they've nowhere to go. And legally, you know, they, those people are no longer regarded as applicants under the law. So, you know, there may be a, a different aspects, different approaches that they can take with, with those people. But nobody, no, those people don't want to be there anyway. You know, I, 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 was, I was speaking to somebody not too long ago who's in a particular DP center, which I won't, you know, identify. But she told me that out of you know everybody in that center, there's three people there that are still applicants. Everybody else has got their papers, but they have nowhere to go. That's staggering. And simply charging them rent is not going to force them out. No, yeah, no. yeah, yeah. Mar Martin, rewind the clock back 24 hours to Gavin tell Gavin Elliott from Threshold saying one of the key drivers that hasn't been said out loud to the eviction moratorium that we have for the, for the winter emergency is that they know that if people present as homeless there's nowhere for them to go that's yeah. right so you cannot you couldn't leave direct provision if there's 580 places possible to rent across the country how are you going to get yeah, one yeah yeah we're, we're back to the stop being poor stop being homeless t-shirts aren't we really that's what we're back to you know this is and this is right across the board where government failed to supply the service that people need then blame somebody else yeah. for the backlog exactly uh, wendy can i ask you one last question mm -hmm. and it is probably asking you to go a little bit into um reading the tea leaves a bit about this do you feel you've been doing covering this beat for a long time now and um, do you feel that it's it's slightly tipping further to the to the right the right wing talking points are becoming more sanitized and more popular now 
Um, I mean, that's a difficult thing to say because there's always been right-wing talking points. You know, for as long as I've been doing this, there have been right-wing talking points. And we're still getting some of the same right-wing talking points. You know, still getting people talking about, you know, going through safe countries or applying in other countries first and, you know, getting loads of appeals and all these things that are not true, you know. Um, I, 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 I suppose you know, where I would be concerned is, is with the possibility that with the, you know, with the increase in numbers that it could go beyond, um, you know, beyond it outside of Ireland and, and, and into EU level and, and starting to see, you know, start to start to see some of the protections that refugees and asylum seekers have at EU level be rolled back. That's, that's my big fear. Yeah. I th- and I think it's everybody's big fear too. I, I mean, Fortress Europe, we've seen how Fortress Europe works and that is really racism, endemic racism. Oh gosh. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's really what it is. And we have to put the name on it. And when we have Ireland deliberately confusing migrants and refugees and deliberately confusing the rules, that too is racism. Yeah. It is. It is it too is. Yeah. racist. Yeah. 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 Wendy Lang, thank you very much for taking the time to have a chat with us this morning. It is a bit of a depressing subject in that we can't <laughs> see a way around this government, but hopefully things do improve in the near future. Yeah. Well, Thanks, thank you Wendy. for having me again. Really appreciate your time. Um, we are back again. Oh, yeah. Oh, hopefully, we, we're going back to cover the Brazilian presidential uh, election, the runoff that's happening on Sunday. Sunday yeah. And I and I'm I'm going to go out there and say, come on, let's get we 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 can we can, Bolsonaro can be beaten. So let let's hope that uh, we need some, some of the, bit of good news. Yeah, let's get some, let's have some good news. So let's be optimistic about it. And um, you know that that that's 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 when you'll hear from us next, folks. Uh, and thanks for all the feedback back the other thing i do want to say is i this is for listeners uh, particularly for members i've been reading some of your exit surveys or people who are leaving on patreon and how hard you're finding it and i appreciate every single one of them but don't ever feel bad for having to cancel when you don't have the money it's yeah. it's it's very hard it's very hard i don't like don't like seeing it and I, but but don't feel bad about it you don't need to apologize thank you so much for your support and we appreciate every cent we get thanks thanks a lot folks Tony and Martin, Martin and Tony, speaking to interesting people only. It's the Echo Chamber Podcast. Subscribe now on Patreon.